Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us, and we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day, and I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events, and uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. If you turn in your Bibles, we're going to go to Genesis chapter number 32 is where we're going to go, Genesis chapter 32, and uh, I believe we're going to start at verse number 7 tonight, and uh, we'll read a few verses of scripture, and uh, and then we're going to get to it, you know, I, I feel like preaching tonight, I feel like God has put something in my spirit tonight, uh, but I also feel like we're going to have some fun tonight, amen, anybody like having fun? Amen. God is good. Genesis 32 and 7, the scripture says, Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that was with him, and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two bands. And he said, and said, If Esau come to one company and smite it, then the other company which is left shall escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which saidest unto me, return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of thy of the mercies and all the truth which thou hast shown unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother and from the hand of Esau. For I fear him, lest he should come and smite me and the mother with, and the, mother with the children. And thou saidest, I will surely do thee good. Somebody said good. And make thy seed as the sands of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. I want to read a few more verses just down starting in verse number 24. If you go to verse 24 for me, verse 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not, somebody say he prevailed not, against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with man and hast prevailed. Somebody say prevailed. Amen. Why don't we put our Bibles down and help, if you would help me pray over this, the rest of this service and our time together. Jesus, we thank you for this time we have to look into your word. God, I pray that you would bless this word and let it, let it, let it encourage, let it strengthen your people. 
in Jesus' name. Help us to leave here tonight with a newfound anointing, with a newfound strength in this house. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. One more time, why don't we clap our hands and worship the, the Lord as we are seated in this house. Amen. You can be seated at this time. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, I'm going to get right to it here tonight. I'm not going to spend a lot of time laying foundation, but we're going to kind of just get right into this here tonight. So I hope you come to preach. Do you, do you love preaching? Do you love the Word of God? I love the Word of God. His, his word is alive, amen, and it, I believe it's going to speak to us. I believe it's going to speak to me here in this house, and uh, the scripture says in Matthew chapter number 10 and verse 22, it says something not so encouraging when it says that ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. He that endures to the very end shall be saved. You know, first thing I want to say here tonight is the Christian life isn't necessarily always one of luxury, but rather sometimes, and actually most of the time, if we would be honest about it, we have to endure for his name's sake. But there is a reward simply from this passage of scripture that we can see and it is that there is a reward for sticking it out to the end. It's that we shall be saved. Amen. I want to propose to us here that we all ought to have that desire and that burden burning inside of us that I want to endure to the very end. I want to stick it out. And I want to see all of your faces in this church in 30 years, in 40 years, if the Lord doesn't come. I want to see every single one of you enduring and sticking it out in spite of what's happening in this world and what, in spite of what might happen in your own life. But I would like to propose tonight that if we are going to endure to the end, we have to change our perspective today. And that's why I want to preach on this thought here tonight. It is, this is who I am. This is who I am. We live in a world that's bold and proud of embracing who they are, even when it's not godly. And so I want to be an encouragement to the church here tonight that we must be the church in 2022. If we're going to have revival, it's only going to happen because somebody has decided and somebody has made up their mind that this is who I am. Amen. If we're going to see the sick healed, it's going to happen because there's a believer who decided a long time ago and who's decided tonight that this is who I am. I am an apostolic. I am a believer. And I believe that the scripture is true in Mark when it says that they shall see the sick recover. If we're going to see the miracles of God, it's going to be through somebody who's made up their mind. This is who I am. If we're going to endure to the end, we need to have a perspective like the first church. Because the first church, they changed and they became who God called them to be seemingly overnight. 
Because in Acts chapter 5, not long after their conversion, you find such powerful principles in how the apostles lived. Like in verse 41, when it says they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They rejoiced about their persecution. That's so backwards from how we live today. If we would be honest, we complain about any bit of pain. Think about it. We go to the doctor, and we want to have a procedure done, but we don't want any of the pain. They got all kinds of anesthesia, and they got all kinds of things. They didn't have none of that 50 years ago. They just cowboyed up. You know what I'm saying? But we say, no, 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 I don't want to feel any of that pain. I want all of the benefits, but I want none of the pain. But the apostles, they thought a little different than we do in that they said, I am, I am worthy to suffer, suffer shame for his name. What a blessing. Wow. What a blessing to suffer for his name's sake. And the Bible says after that they were beaten for preaching the gospel, you know what they did the next day? They went daily in the temple and in every house, and they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Amen. You can't bring somebody down when it's who they are. You can't convince them otherwise when it's deep down inside of their heart, and it's a part of their very being, and it's not just words on a page in a book, and it's not just something that somebody else lives, but it is me. I am a Christian. This is who I am. This is who they were. James said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. If I have temptations, look at it as God is sharpening us. He's, he's getting ready to promote you to the next level. That's what Pastor James preached in your Bible. He didn't preach that it was just when you're feeling good and you're feeling comfortable and everything's great and your back don't hurt, that's when God's going to advance you. Uh-uh. There's only one way. It's a process. Somebody say it's a process. God works a process inside of us. And he's moving inside of us. And he's stirring and he's pushing and he's prodding. He's like that potter who's pushing into that clay and it's sometimes uncomfortable. But we got to have the right mindset that he's for me, that this is going to end up better in the end, that I'm going to be more blessed in the end, that I'm going to have more patience in the end, that I'm going to be a better Christian in the end, that I'm going to have some character in the end, because this is who I am. This is who I am. I'm God's child. Hallelujah. Job said this. He said, he knows the way I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You ever meet somebody and you say, man, I want to be like them. They had some trying in their life. There's a reason they're gold. It's because the Lord tested and tried them.
and they came forth as gold. You know, we live in a social media age that wants somebody to just become popular and a golden child overnight. Seemingly for no reason we get a platform. For no reason we get a reward. But God has a different way of promoting us, and his process has not changed. And I've just decided here tonight that I am just going to be wild enough. I'm just going to be crazy enough to embrace the process and say, God, I'm in it for the long haul because this is who I am. You don't have to worry about me backsliding. You don't have to worry about me leaving the truth. You don't have to worry about me walking away because it's who I am. I live for the Lord and Him alone. Don't get me wrong, I love all of you people. I love each and every one of you. And I hope you love me too. But I live for God, for Him alone, because He paid the price for my sins at Calvary. He paid my ransom, and none of you paid my ransom. So I've just made up my mind. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to live for him because this is who I am. Oh, hallelujah. If I suffer, if life throws trials my way, temptations my way, I don't care because this is who I am. And I know that it all works together for the good in the end. So this is who I am. If others make fun of me, I come to tell you, I don't care what they think. I don't want to be who they say I should be. But I'm just going to be who God says I should be. Hallelujah, because I'm not living for him, for anybody else. But I am doing it because this is who I am. I, I debated whether I should share this tonight. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and share this tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something a little different. I hope this is okay. We're going to have a little bit of fun here tonight. I want to I share something with you. I'm going to just get over here and get a, a prop. I'm going to take off this jacket. We're going to have an object lesson tonight. We're going to Sunday school tonight. <laughs> Let me show you something. Matt knows what this is. Some of you might know who these band names are. And uh, if you do, just keep that to yourself. But this was my jacket. This was my jacket when I was a punk rocker. I was 14 years old, and here's how we're going to have fun tonight. I'm going to tell you the story about this jacket that I have to this day. This jacket smells. You don't want to touch this jacket. This jacket was Matt's sister's jean jacket. It had sleeves once. That's why I call it a jacket. It's not really a jacket. It's a vest, isn't it? This jacket was, you know, that, that 90s jean washed that's actually back end now, so don't take this jacket from me, young people. But this was hers, and what did we do? I ripped off the sleeves of it. And I began 
with a hot topic, punk rocker belt, I began to take off every stud off the belt. And I'm not, I'm not much of a sewer, but you can see on the back here, there's these little pins, and they just grip right in. And I gripped in every stud you see on this jacket. Some of these patches, I made these patches. I wrote out my favorite band name, and I put it all over it, and I cut it out, and I put it on this jacket. I spent money on some of these patches. I spent like 20, 30 bucks for a, just a piece of fabric to pin on the jacket. And I, I, like I said, my sewing skills aren't great. And so I told my mom, I said, Mom! And I said it to her just like that. And I said, you got a sewing machine? She said, okay, yeah, I do. Yeah, why? I said, I want you to sew these patches on this jacket for me with a sewing machine. So they're stitched all nice in a row, and, and these patches ain't coming off when I'm at my punk rock concert. And she told me, she said, that looks ridiculous. What are you doing? That's a girl's jacket. What are you doing to this thing? And I, 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 I put all this on it, and you can't wash this jacket. Because all those studs are going to fall off of this jacket if you put it in the washing machine. And I wore this jacket. Here, let me just put I wore this jacket, and I went to punk rock concerts. I wore this jacket. I lived in Dixon, California. Dixon, California is not as cool as San Francisco. There are no punk rockers there. So I walked up and down the streets of my city. I walked those streets. I had ripped up jeans. I had my Chuck Taylors on that were all ripped up. You know, uh, we, in fact, some of us, we stole Matt's dad's, you know, Elder DeLeon's combat boots. We, you know, we, we, we wore them for a day, and then we put them back very nicely and pretended like, Brother DeLeon, please don't kill Brother Matt. <laughs> pretended like we didn't even have them on. And I was proud of who I was. I was proud of who I was. People on the street would tell me, why are you dressed like that? And I would just say, because this is cool, man. This is who I am. This is cool. I'm punk rock. You don't know what you're talking about. This is in. And that's what I told every one of them. When they'd smell me, they'd say, man, you stink. Yeah, that's punk rock. I told them, I said, exactly. That's how I want to be. I didn't care what they had to say. I didn't care what they thought about me. Because this is who I was. This is who I decided that I was going to be. I told my parents, I said, this is who I am. I, I've changed. I'm not the same person I was. I want a mohawk. I want to dye all my hair. I want all the studs. I want to be this because this is who I am. And they didn't understand. None of them understood. But they didn't have to understand. Because this was my choice. Because this is who I am. This is who I was. And I, I hope you're getting it already. I, what I'm trying to say here with an object lesson is that you were proud of who you were in the world. You were proud and you were loud about it and you would just live it anyways even though people made fun of you, even though people talked bad about you, even though you lost friends, even though you had people talk bad behind your back, you made up your mind that this is who I am. 
a lost and dirty sinner who never knew God. But I didn't care about what anybody thought about me because this is who I was. And I today am a Christian. And I don't know about you, but I just made up my mind that I'm going to be the best Christian I could ever be. I'm going to wear my uniform proud. We ought to live so for God so passionately in this day that people ought to talk bad about us. We ought to live for God so passionately and so fervently, and we ought to pray so much that people begin to say, I don't know what's wrong with them. They're weird. Do they know you're a Christian? Do they see your Christianity? Do they see it on the outside? Do they feel it when you walk by? Do they know who you are in the public places you go? Do they know that you're a born-again Christian? For the Bible says that we are an epistle read of all men. What do they read on the pages of your book? Oh, God, I don't want to blend in like everybody else. I don't want to look like everybody else. I don't want to be conformed to this world, but I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I hope you're hearing me in this house today. There ought to be a church that says we're going to be proud, we're going to be loud, and we're going to be apostolic, and it's going to break out of these walls. Peter said this in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 10. He said, wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fail. Hallelujah. If we decide and we put effort into it, if we have diligence that we put into it, if we live for God with everything that we have and we make our calling sure, you shall never fall. I, I seldom see the on fire Christians falling. But it's always the ones who are just halfway in struggle the most Peter was preaching about this principle he was saying you got to have some diligence in Proverbs 4 it says that you ought to keep your heart with all diligence for out of it is the issues of life it takes some effort on your part it takes some discipline on your part it takes a seriousness that says, it doesn't matter what crowd I'm around, I'm going to be a Christian. It doesn't matter where I go on vacation. Hallelujah. I'm going to be a Christian. It doesn't matter what family I'm around. I've got to have some diligence. I've got to have a seriousness about my walk with God.
ask you something, church. I feel the pause right here. Have you made that calling and election sure? Oh, God. Is there a back door in your heart? Where if somebody just pulls the right strings, you'll be forever lost. If they just say the right things, and you'll be lost. Or have you made it sure? Have you bolted the doors down? Have you bolted the doors down with a daily prayer life? Hallelujah. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. Have you bolted the doors down with a prayer life? You're not going to make it if you don't have a prayer life. You're not going to have a connection with God that will outstand the word if you don't have a prayer life. If I were you in this house, I would make your election sure. Second Kings tells us an incredible story. You can be seated, thank you, of a very young king by the name of Josiah, who at just age eight became the king of Judah. I find this story so intriguing because his grandfather was the king and his name was Manasseh. And he was one of the most wicked kings. He did all kinds of terrible things. He even defiled and put idols inside of Solomon's temple, which was dedicated to God. The scripture says he was as wicked, if not more wicked than Ahab, doing witchcraft and murdering the innocent. And all kinds of wickedness, he forsook the Lord. And so as you would expect, as was the custom of its time, as Manasseh passed away, his son, Amon, became the king. And so the scripture tells us that Amon followed the example of his father, worshiping the same idols his father had worshiped. He abandoned the Lord and the God of his ancestors, and he refused to follow the Lord's ways. Then Ammon's own officials conspired against him and assassinated him in his palace. But the people of the land killed all of those who had conspired against the king. And they made his son Josiah the next king. They stood up for the wicked king, whose father was also wicked. And so Josiah becomes king at just the age of eight years old. Having a wicked father and a wicked grandfather, Josiah took over. But the scripture says in 2 Kings 22, in verse number 2, it says that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of David his father and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left hand. 
Well, I bring this to your attention is because though the odds were stacked against him, there was something in a young man, just a child, we would say, that said, this is not who I am. But my father is not Amon. My father is not Manessa. For the Bible says that he followed the example of his father. His father wasn't Ammon that it was talking about or Manasseh. But his father he was talking about was David. He followed the example of David. And he decided to live in a way that was pleasing to God. Friend of mine, you don't have to be like your daddy. You don't have to be like your mother. You don't have to be like everybody else in your family. You don't have to be like the friends you've used to have. But you can decide to be like your heavenly father. For there is a heavenly father that we all have. And we are his children. And I've decided tonight that I am going to follow the example of my Savior, Jesus Christ, because this is who I am. I'm not who what anybody else said I am. I'm not even who my last name says I am. But the Bible tells us in Hebrews that we were bought by his own blood. Oh, praise God for that blood of Calvary. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. Hallelujah. He saved us and he called us with a holy calling, the scripture says, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Our God found you and he brought you into his family and he's called you so that you can be somebody in Christ. Oh, friend of mine, I want to be everything that God has called me to be. I don't know about you, but I've just made up my mind tonight, and I hope you make up your mind tonight that I am not going to fit in to what everybody else says I should be, but I am just going to be pleasing to the Lord no matter what. You haven't stumbled into here. For John 6 and 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draws him. God pulls us into this thing. If you're sitting into this house, you should consider yourself blessed of God. Whew. No, he's not willing that any should perish. But he's called us with a holy calling. Brother Nate, he's called us to this community. He's planted us here in this community for his own purpose. I'm not going to miss it. I'm just not. 
I'm just not going to prevent. You're going to have pressure in this life. And no doubt you've had pressure even this week, even at the beginning of this year, where you said, God, I'm putting your kingdom first. But it's been a fight. It's been a wrestle. And there's been something pushing you. And you're just saying to yourself, man, I don't know if I can really give like that. Man, I don't know if I'm actually able to do that. But no, I've come to tell you that you can prevail. And it is the will of God for you to prevail. You're not in a club. You're not a part of a health club. Though we dance here and we sweat here. But we are in the kingdom of God. Oh, what a seriousness we should have. Oh, God, give us the mind of the first church. That says, I have got to be pleasing to you. I have got to live for you with everything that I have. I'm not playing games, church. I'm not playing games in 2022. I might have been playing games last year. You know, I got to be real with you. I got to be very honest with you. I know I've already ruined a good sermon here. I am tired of kind of Christians. Can I be honest with you? I'm tired of Christians that look the part. They wear the right suit. They wear the right wardrobe. They go to the right conferences. They got the right handshake. But where is their commitment? Is this really who they are? Or are they just putting on a show? Are they just there for the loaves and fishes? There's a whole lot of people who showed up to church that day. There wasn't so many that went to the Mount of Transfiguration. Not even all of his disciples. Wow. I'm not playing games, church. I'm not playing games. I'm tired of kind of Christians. Just barely there. You know, they, they, got, they got this foot over here, and they're saying, you know what? This feels pretty good. Maybe I, maybe I want to do this in the world. You know, you know Pastor, I, I can't do so much because, you know, I, I just got to really focus on my career right now. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. If I'm preaching to anybody, really, I should just close my eyes. Does any of that matter? No. Yeah, we got to feed our family. Yeah, we got we to gotta have a home. Praise God. I think everybody here has a home. Praise God for that. We have to have those things. But the scripture says, as I might remind you from our vision Sunday, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness in all these things. Isn't it amazing that some of the blessed, most blessed people you know are the ones that are sold out to God? I'm saying that because it's some of you in this house. You know this. You live this. I know you live this. I'm not saying you don't live this. But what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that this year 
Father, I've just made up my mind that I don't want to be labeled anything else but a Christian. I don't want to be labeled or called anything else. I want to be guilty of being an apostolic. I want them to look at my life and say, that's a spirit-filled believer. I know who to go to for prayer. More than the mechanics we do. I joke with you. I'm a nerd. And you know that. I don't want them to say, oh man, he's a computer guy. I don't want them to look at Marcel and say, man, he's a drummer. Marcel's not a drummer. Marcel's an apostolic. He's a spirit-filled believer. And I guarantee if you put that first, Brother Marcel, God will expand your gift and he will use you in ways that you could never even imagine because you've decided this is who I am. Hallelujah. I'm coming to a close. Brother Matt, if you come to the piano, please give us hope. In Acts chapter number 8, the Bible tells us an incredible story with the man of God, Philip. And the Bible says that the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and said, Go south and go down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. Imagine that. He listened to the voice of God and he went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship. She's on her way this way. He's on his way this way. They're just passing each other on the north and the south bound. They're just going north and south on the I-5, and they're just passing by. And was returning and sitting in his chariot and reading Esaias the prophet. He had the Bible out on a break. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. Uh, What am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say, Philip just simply had a sensitivity to God. He was following where God told him to go. And when he was in the right spot, at the right time, the Spirit of the Lord could speak to him. And he had the words to say. And he preached and he baptized that eunuch. Wow. A powerful person. Was Philip nervous? Of course he was nervous. Of course he knew what that chariot was and that 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 was royalty. But he just went. And he just did. And he just heard. Friend, I believe you are someone who can hear the voice of God. I believe it. I believe it. You, yes. I know some of you are like, me? Yes, you. You can hear the voice of God. But is there anybody that's listening? How many people do we pass every day who need this gospel? And there's no one who can hear his voice. Because we're too busy. We're too, our focus is somewhere else. Oh, God, give us a heavenly focus. Oh, God, 
give us a connected prayer life. I don't know about you, friend, but I'm hungry for God to use me in that way. I'm hungry for God to use this church in that way. Because we are the apostolic church. We preach the same message that Philip preached. That's who we are. The Bible says that God blessed and the church grew daily as such as should be saved. Are we bottling up what God intends for the apostolic church? Are we bottling up what God wants to do on a Monday afternoon? Because we're so distracted. Oh, I just got to live life. Oh, I just got to go to the store. I just got to go here. I just got to be here. I just got to be there. I got to be there. Now I got to be at church. Now it's God time. Okay, God, I'm just going to fold you back up, put you back in this box. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll get reconnected on Sunday, Lord. I, I gave you my Tuesday. I gave you my Tuesday night just for like an hour and a half. That's what I gave you, God. But now you go back here and I go back and do my thing. No. This is who I am. I hope the Lord is convicting somebody like he's convicted me in this house. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 12 that Peter was therefore kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. The church had a revelation that when there's trouble, we ought to pray. We ought to pray and seek God. Oh, Lord, when's the last time God has used you as an intercessor? When's the last time God's put something on your heart to pray about and you got on your knees and you prayed and you fasted and you sought God for it? Not without any credit. Not without any public announcement. Amen. I think I preached about it last time. If you're just posted on social media, when you read your Bible, you got your reward. But it's to God that this is who I am. God, you can use me to pray for somebody. Young, old, it doesn't matter. Everybody in this house can pray. If you've got a voice, you can weep for a lost soul. Oh, when's the last time you wept for somebody lost in your family and interceded for them? Come on, this is who we are. This is who we are. We're a church that's not seeking miracles, but we're a church that's seeking God and seeking His will and praying over His will because this is who we are. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm making my election sure. I'm making my calling sure. You can stand to your feet all around the house. I'm quickly coming to a close. The Bible tells us in Romans, Paul said, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities and all these things shall be able to separate us from the love of God. He had to be persuaded. He said, I am persuaded. But that tells me he had to be persuaded. 
there was something that he needed some convincing of as he suffered through so many things. He needed some con- convincing that God's love can last everything he's going to face in life. And I've come to tell you, you've got to be persuaded. You've got to allow God to change your mind. You've got to allow God to change who you are. You've got to allow God to transform you through the renewing of your mind. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to be even more persuaded today that he can do anything, that his love reaches to any place, that his love can push me and hold me through all situations that I face in life. Because this is who I am. I'm his child. Hallelujah. I'm his child no matter the struggle. No matter the situation, even if I have to fight all night like a Jacob, I will prevail. Friend of mine, I just come with this simple message. This is who I want to be, and this is who I am, and I hope that you have decided tonight. I hope that you've been persuaded as well. I hope that there's something inside of you that says, I'm not holding anything back, but I am allowing God to use me, and I'm going to make my calling sure. In Jesus' name, I'm not going to be lost, but I'm going to be everything God wants me to be. Hallelujah. I want to open up these altars at this time. Hallelujah, if the Lord has spoken to you, if the Lord has convicted you, I want you to come and make, a con- make some consecration to Him. I want you to come and in your own words declare that this is who I am. This is who I decide to be. And nothing else in this world is going to define me. Hallelujah, and I'm going to be proud of who I am. I'm going to be proud of being an apostolic. Hallelujah. I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't want to be like just everybody else. But I want to be like the Lord. And I want to be who you want me to be, Jesus. Come on, would you pray all around this house? This is who I am. This is 
is who I choose to be. This is who I choose to be, Lord. Oh, take my life, Jesus. Take my life, Jesus. Oh, it's useful in your hands, Lord. What you've done for me. Oh, I've been bought by your blood, Jesus. Come on, that's it. That's it. Humble yourself before him. Come on, that's it. Make your calling sure. Come on, tonight we're making our calling sure. Oh, you chose me, God. You chose me, God. Thank you for choosing me, God. Thank you for saving me, God. I'm going all the way, Lord. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.